the former IT director for Mar-a-Lago, man by the name of uh, Yusul Tavares. Mr. Tavares had been represented by a lawyer being funded by Donald Trump's super PAC. And while he was being represented by that lawyer, according to court filings, he made some statements to the court and to the prosecutors that uh, got him a perjury investigation because they believe that he lied under oath. So Mr. Tavares was, of course, facing some very serious problems. And then on July 5th, Mr. Tavares decided, you know what? I'm going to dump my lawyer that's being paid for by Donald Trump. I'm going to go basically with a public defender. Oh, and by the way, also, I would like to retract the very false statement that I said and instead throw Donald Trump under the bus. So while he had the Trump paid for lawyer, he was more than willing to lie. But once he switched lawyers, he said, you know what? I'm going to flip and I'll tell you everything you need to know about what happened with that Mar-a-Lago security footage. Let me read this. This is according to the newest court filing. Immediately after receiving new counsel, Trump employee number four, which is how he's mentioned in the indictment, retracted his prior false testimony and provided information that implicated Walt Nada, Carlos D'Olivier, and Trump in efforts to delete security camera footage as set forth in the superseding indictment. So this all happened before the superseding indictment, right? This guy did not just flip this week. But this new information tells us that this is what led to that superseding indictment down in Florida in the documents case. And it all happened because he ditched the lawyer that Trump was paying for. So it definitely raises the question as to whether or not that lawyer being paid for by Donald Trump at the time instructed him to lie. If so, we're looking at severe consequences for that lawyer if that is in fact what happened. And I am willing to bet that since he decided to flip and give over all the information, uh, this man, Mr. Tavares, uh, probably did tell prosecutors if that is what the lawyer told him to do. So that lawyer, I'd kind of be on eggshells right now because you're probably going to be hit with charges later on. Uh, most likely a bar complaint seeking your disbarment for instructing a client to lie. If of course that is what happened, but more importantly, Mr. Tavares is of course going to be called as a witness in the documents case. And based on the testimony that he's already given, he said explicitly, we were told by Trump, delete the security footage. These are the two men, Nada and D'Olivier that he sent down to delete it, but he instructed them to delete it after receiving the federal subpoena. If this were in a normal jurisdiction with a judge that was anybody other than Eileen Cannon, this would be the smoking gun. This is absolutely, you're going to get convicted on this in any other court in the country. But as usual with the documents case, which honest to God, at this point, we've got Mark Meadows that has testified against Trump in the documents case with the grand jury. Mike Pence did. Now this guy, Mr. Tavares did like this should be a slam dunk conviction. And that of course is why judge Cannon has done everything in her power to make sure that the game is rigged in Trump's favor, you know, moving it 
from the courthouse where it was supposed to be back over to her jurisdiction, which is far more filled with Trump supporters. So you're going to have a Trump friendly jury. You got a judge that as, as we've discussed, has no idea how to even handle criminal charges. Like she is that incompetent. She, she's spent 14 days of her entire career overseeing criminal trials. She doesn't know what she's doing. So that could work out in Trump's favor. Any other jurisdiction in the country, you're probably getting an easy conviction rather quickly. But with Judge Cannon, even with all this smoking gun evidence, you never know. But one thing we do know is that it is pretty obvious as to why Donald Trump is using his super PAC to pay people's legal bills, because this is not the first time we've seen this happen. We saw it with the January 6th select committee. Some of these individuals testifying like, no, none of this happened while they had Trump lawyers. Then they dump their Trump lawyers. They go back and say, all right, you know what? I wasn't honest with you. Here's the real truth. Trump is trying to buy silence and loyalty. It shouldn't be allowed. It is allowed. I mean, we can't revamp the system in time to change the outcome of this trial, but he is absolutely attempting to buy these people's loyalty. And it appears that it's being, uh, that he's being successful with it. However, could also mean that the lawyers he's paying are telling clients to lie. And that's never going to end well for those lawyers. Eric Trump just will not stop lying about how horrible his father was as president of the United States, but specifically about how much money his dad pocketed while serving as president of the United States. So Eric Trump's been out on a bit of a media tour recently, trying to claim that his family, he actually said uh, a few days ago, his family's the only family in history that did not make money off the presidency, which, which is a flat out lie. I mean, you actually literally made more money than any other administration in the history of the United States. So that was a lie. But then day or two later, he goes on Newsmax with host Eric Bowling. And he makes this outrageous claim. He says, if somebody came into one of our hotels while my father was president and they were from a foreign country, a government official from a foreign country, and we found out about it, you know what we'd do? We'd donate all the money from that margarita they bought at the bar back to the U.S. Treasury. Oh, so they didn't make any money, right? I mean, if you booked a hotel room, if you had food at the hotel, you know, restaurant, if you had a drink at the hotel bar, they made sure to go through all of the receipts. Uh-huh. We're, this is what we're to believe. They went through all the receipts and said, okay, well, this is from this person. We know they ordered this and they stayed in this room for this much night. Let's hear, Hey, us treasury, here's money. Really? Really, Eric? That's, that's what you did. You guys are just sitting there writing checks every day to the U.S. Treasury. Like, here you go. And U.S. Treasury's like, oh, thank you. Yes, we will put put this in the money pile that, that we just have here at the U.S. Treasury, I guess. Thank you. Uh, here's the thing. If this had happened, there'd be records of this. If this had happened, Trump and or his children would have been out there in the media every single time they wrote one of these checks bragging about it, making sure that nobody thought there were any kind of conflicts of interest. Nobody thought there was any grifting going on just a hundred percent. Look, we're honest. We're on the level. We're not taking money from foreign officials. We're giving it 
to the U.S. Treasury. I mean, hell, they probably would have printed out one of those big, giant, like, publisher clearinghouse checks and presented it to the Treasury. But none of that happened. There is no paper trail whatsoever going from the Trump organization to the U.S. Treasury in terms of these kinds of payments. There are no records that we can find at the U.S. Treasury indicating that any of this happened. Eric Trump is a very stupid person and he's a very bad liar. You see these kinds of things, like you can't just walk up to the U S treasury and be like, ah, here's 20 bucks guys. They don't do that. This is a government building. The bureaucracy is insane. There are paper trails for each and everything that happened there for very good reason. And Eric Trump is so dumb that he doesn't even think these lies through. He's like, nobody's going to know that I'm lying unless somebody picks up the phone and says, Hey, we're with this news outlet. Can you verify this? And like, yeah, that didn't happen. Thanks. But the reason he is doing this at all, of course, you know, by the way, the Trump organization pocketed more than $2 billion while Trump was president, his net worth increased, I think by 1.7 billion. Um, I actually talked about it the other day over at ring of fire. So there was a lot of money changing hands. We also, of course, have reports that Saudi Arabia government officials would rent out huge blocks of rooms in Trump's then DC hotel, pay in advance, but never use the rooms. So they were just using that to basically funnel money to Donald Trump. And that money never made it back to the U S treasury. Eric Trump is a friggin' liar, but he's out there trying to spin this tale because he wants to convince everybody that the Biden family is corrupt. The Biden family's getting all the money from the foreign countries. Me and my poor family with the last name of Trump, we never did anything wrong. And just don't ask the kids with cancer at that charity. If I did anything wrong, I don't want to know their opinions. Right, Eric? Cause let's not forget what a slime ball you are. You truly are just a genuinely despicable, horrible human being but it's nice to see that you haven't changed one bit and you're going to keep lying to everybody because you think you can get away with it because you think everybody is dumber than you. This week, Mark Meadows, Donald Trump's former chief of staff who was indicted with Donald Trump in Georgia, along with of course, 17 other individuals, Mark Meadows filed a motion begging the court to please save me, protect me, is what the motion actually says, protect me from having to come and turn myself in by Friday at noon because, gee whiz, I am, I'm a busy guy. I got things going on and I don't have time. I haven't had enough notice, they said to get down to Atlanta to turn myself in for my mugshot and all that fun stuff. Hasn't had enough time. Fonnie Willis, the prosecutor, of course, who filed the charges against Mark Meadows was not amused, not amused at all by his lawyer's motion that they filed in court. So Fonnie Willis fired back at the lawyer and said this in a letter to him. Good morning, Mr. Moran. I am not granting any extensions. I gave two weeks for people to surrender themselves to the court. Your client is no different than any other criminal defendant in this jurisdiction. The two weeks was a tremendous courtesy. At 12.30 PM on Friday, I shall file warrants in the system. My team has availability to meet to discuss reasonable consent bonds Wednesday and Thursday. 
have a nice day. And if Meadows isn't here by 1230 on Friday afternoon, there's going to be a warrant issued for his arrest and we will have to come get him in handcuffs. We will put him in the back of a frickin' police car and we will haul his ass down to the station. Because that's what would happen with any other criminal defendant and your client is no different. We don't care that he was a member of Congress. We don't care that he was the president's chief of staff. We don't care. A criminal defendant is a criminal defendant, and we're not going to play favorites. We're not going to treat anybody with kid gloves. So get out of here with your stupid little filing like, oh, two weeks wasn't enough time. You realize we're talking about Atlanta, Georgia, right, folks? Everybody's aware of what is in Atlanta, right? I'm assuming if you've ever flown on an airplane, you know the significance of Atlanta. That is Delta, the largest airline in the country, one of the largest on the planet, that's their hub. That's their main hub. You can get a straight flight to Atlanta on a Delta plane from almost anywhere in this country. Especially if Meadows is in DC. I mean, I've made that flight from DC to Atlanta more times than I can count. It's a quick little two hour flight. He could have flown down in the morning, gone to his arraignment, flown back that afternoon. Just takes one day or maybe kick around in Atlanta a couple days, take, take in a Braves game if you want, go to Cam Newton's cigar bar, Josh Norman's coffee shop, do whatever the hell you want, but you have ample opportunity. You have ample money to buy a plane ticket to Atlanta. And don't tell me you can't find a flight to Atlanta because any idiot with internet can find a flight to Atlanta. But one of the reasons <laughs> Meadows has uh, decided he doesn't want to show up by Friday at noon. And I do hope they arrest his ass. I hope he doesn't surrender by 1230 and they send the cops out looking for him. But he says, we're waiting for next week's hearing where I'm going to be in front of the judge explaining why my case should be moved from state court to federal court. Now, Meadows may actually have a case for that, seeing as how he was in fact a paid government employee working on behalf of the president of the United States, but everybody else involved too is like, Oh, I, I want to do that. I want to get my case moved. If you were not working for the federal government, the law that would even consider moving it does not apply to you. Like Rudy Giuliani is trying to do the same thing. He has no chance. Uh, same thing with the former Republican party chair in Georgia. He's like, I want to move mine. Dude, you are not a federal official. The law doesn't apply to you. It's, it's literally impossible for that to happen. But Meadows, like Donald Trump, is mad, right? We want special treatment. We want to be treated like we're better than anybody else who allegedly broke the law in the state of Georgia. We want whatever motion we filed to be granted. We want all these special requests given to us. That ain't how it works, folks. Welcome to Georgia. You're just like the other criminal defendants. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced.